This is the Beaver Tales Podcast with Josh Warden, who has covered Oregon State Athletics since 2013. Hello, everybody, to another edition of the Beaver Tales Podcast, where we talk with former Oregon State athletes. And my guest today competed for not one, but two different programs at Oregon State. Sarah Allman left OSU just four years ago, fairly recent athlete. She actually competed in the 2016 Olympic Trials. She was a six-time state champion in high school, two in volleyball, three in high jump, one in the uh, 4 by 100 relay. So track and field and volleyball are her specialties. Her college career didn't really turn out how she expected. She came in primarily as a volleyball player. In fact, that was her only sport initially. She just happened to add on another Division I sport she didn't initially expect to compete in. She was six foot three, so she was an effective outside hitter on the volleyball team, but her time on the team came to a close prematurely. So she became just a one-sport athlete with track and field. She did overlap, so she was two sports for a while. She ended up transferring to Auburn for her final year and then coached at Auburn for two years. To me, the most interesting part of our conversation was her maturation process since she admitted early in her career she made it tough on her coaches and maybe wasn't as teachable as she should have been. But Sarah has matured over time, and it doesn't hurt to become a coach herself so she can see what it's like to be on the other side of the dialogue with the athletes she's now teaching. She has since moved to Southern California, where she works for Pac-12 Radio on Sirius XM with former star quarterback Ryan Leaf. So an interesting story with Sarah Allman, former two-sport athlete at Oregon State and the newest guest of the Beaver Tales podcast. Last note is if you can check out Convoy of Hope online, they're a fantastic charity that I've been plugging a little bit on this podcast, give some free advertising to an organization that's launching a mission to give 10 million meals during the coronavirus pandemic. They also do some great charity work all over the world, helping out people in poverty, not just putting a Band-Aid on the problem, but empowering them to have a healthy lifestyle themselves, providing what they may need. And this is all over the world. I mean, well over 100 countries, and you can donate online and check out everything that Convoy of Hope is doing. You can find them online. Just Google Convoy of Hope and find their website online. Here is the newest edition of the Beaver Tales podcast, Sarah Allman. Sarah, you're down in sunny Pasadena. How are you enjoying Southern California these days? Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's amazing weather. We had a couple of rainy weeks, actually, when you guys had some nice sun. So it's finally clearing back up, and it's amazing. It's supposed to be like 96 today, actually. We'll get into how you ended up in California and your work these days, but let's start with how you came to Oregon State. You're one of a couple mm -hmm. guests on this podcast recently who are two sport athletes at Oregon State. And the other one I've had recently was cross-country track and field. That's a little more, if there's going to be a two-sport combination, cross-country track and field is, is kind of the yeah. expected one. You went a little different route. You went volleyball in track and field, not exactly the combination you might expect. When you were coming out of San Diego Christian High School in Albany, did you think of yourself more as a volleyball player or an athlete in track and field? Yeah, um, so that's a great question. I definitely thought of myself more as a volleyball player. Technically, I started track at a younger age, but it was very recreational. I started club volleyball when I was pretty young, and so I did that for a long time. I was definitely more into volleyball. I was more invested in it. I kind of just did track for fun on the side and was playing around with different events. My dad, actually, he ran track in college. He was a high jumper as well, um, just for a couple of years down here, actually, in LA. But so yeah, I kind of did it on the side, and then I grew to really enjoy it and became, started becoming really good at it. 
um, won a few state championships. And so I was actually really being recruited for volleyball in college. And so I committed as a sophomore in high school, very young, to Oregon State. And so at that time, I didn't know, I didn't have any plans on doing track in college. And I kind of, as I went through the next couple of years of my high school career, I started realizing like how much I loved it. And so I actually started talking to the um, Kelly Sullivan, the track coach at Oregon State at the time. And he was like, open invite, like just come out. You can come when you can and just jump, come to meets and, and we'll work through it if you want to. So um, yeah, I took him up on that offer and I'm glad I did. It's a lot of fun. So you spent roughly 2012 to 2016 at Oregon State. Take me through a mm-hmm. highlight or two of the highest moments of when you're competing at Oregon State, something that really was special about Corvallis in your time there. Yeah, yeah. So a few highlights, I would say. So I guess going back to volleyball, the first one there would be when we beat Penn State. Uh, it was actually at a preseason tournament, and it was like this tiny little gym. I think it was in Chicago. And there was like no fans there because it was preseason. No one really cared. No one probably knew it was even happening. It was like kind of a rural area. Yeah. And we upset the, you know, back to back to back national champions. And it was awesome. As far as track goes, definitely my freshman year, um, being on the podium at Pac-12. And then just because the, the girl who got first, actually, she was, she had gotten a silver medal at the Olympics the year before. So that was awesome. Just to be jumping on the same stage as her. That was super fun. Um, and then the Olympic trials, that was in 2016, kind of at the end of my track career there. And that was, I mean, the most crazy and awesome experience that I've had like this far. That's definitely my most proud moment and something that was a dream for me since the time I was little. And so it was awesome to be able to do that and to get there. Olympic trials is a huge deal. I've been lucky to have a few guests who have made the Olympic trials and just their memories of competing there. Even if the actual Olympics itself doesn't become a reality, just competing in the trials is fantastic. So you came into Oregon State picturing yourself slightly more as a volleyball player. And you did both, but that was kind of your picture of yourself, the one you were most excited about. Now take me through your career with volleyball and and however much you want to share with that. But what kind of changed from your expectations for where you thought you may be an outside hitter for four years and that'd be your thing at Oregon State. And it turns out it was track and field was the one you ended up competing at your whole time in Corvallis. Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, I I loved playing volleyball. I absolutely loved it. I loved my teammates at Oregon State. And it was really great. It was really great experience. And that definitely needs to be noted. There was, you know, a point, I think, in my sophomore year where I really took a step back and kind of looked at my life and my career and my goals and everything just as a whole. And my grades started suffering. I was doing two sports, so that was really tough. I was studying pre-physical therapy at the time. And so I knew that something kind of had to give. I couldn't, I wasn't going to make it and graduate probably on track um, doing those two sports. You know, I would go from volleyball, from weights in the morning, class all day, um, volleyball practice during the day and then track practice in the afternoon and then try to do my homework and study tables and then go to bed and wake up at five in the morning and do it again the next day so it was really hard it was really really tough and so doing a team sport while also doing an individual sport is difficult so I kind of you know started to reevaluate some of my goals and really like get in touch with my emotions and like what I was actually really really enjoying And volleyball for me started to kind of fade out a little bit. And I wasn't, I was finding myself like, it seemed almost more of a burden at that time. Just, 
it was too much time. I wasn't totally enjoying it as much as I thought I should be. So I made the really tough decision to actually just completely get rid of that part of my life, which was really, really hard. It was very sad. It was like very emotional for so long. I still miss it so much. But yeah, so the track coach, actually, he was amazing. He worked with me really closely in that process. And um, they actually ended up covering my scholarship. So that was awesome that I was able to do that. Um, and still get taken care of, you know, financially. I made that transition after my sophomore year and then just went went for it after that. So it was a lot of fun. It was it was a crazy experience, a lot of life lessons to be learned, but you know, I don't have any regrets. When you came out of San Diego Christian, I'm curious how much pressure there was on you, whether from family, friends, just that environment, because when you go to a private high school, a religious high school, there may be a certain expectation of students here have to fit into a certain box or have a certain lifestyle, be a certain type of people. Uh, Maybe not always, you know, not every school or background is the same. But when you were at Oregon State, did you feel like you you use the word burden? Did you feel like you had to live up to a certain type of person and it was difficult to be that version of Sarah Allman? Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit. And I think most college athletes probably feel a little bit of that. Not to say that that's always a bad thing. It's not. It's part of it. It is a business, like at the end of the day, and you are expected to perform at your highest level and be the best that you can and work your butt off, you know. So that was something that I kind of knew was coming. But ultimately, it was just too much for me to be able to handle and juggle that track and my school. And then like also my my social life and my friends and my relationships and those are very important to me and that you know volleyball does not define me that's not who I am there's so much more to me than that and so kind of being able to realize that at you know such a young age I guess I was 19 or 20 um being able to make that tough decision not knowing if I was going to get my scholarship covered not knowing what was going to happen but yeah I think you know, I learned a lot through that process, but I think there's definitely an expectation for sure. Yeah. And I think that that can be something that's really tough on, you know, these young kids who are going into college to play sports, you know, sometimes you don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what you're signing up for. You don't know how your coaches are going to be. You don't, you don't know you're young. And so you go through it and you work as hard as you can and see what happens, you know, and just try to enjoy the process while you're there. You say volleyball, doesn't isn't not what's defined you volleyball isn't what defines you and it seems like you were going through a lot of changes you drop volleyball something that had been such a big part of who you were so you change your major you drop a sport we'll get to the transfer away from Oregon State but a lot of stuff changed for you in college what became what did define you if it wasn't volleyball and it wasn't you know maybe academics to a certain degree but what became kind of fitting in for where volleyball was and fill that void yeah, so I think, you know, that's that's a tough question, but I think, you know, for me, I find a lot of peace and like who I am in my faith and like in my relationship with the Lord. And so going to church and like picking up kind of that part of my life, I think was um, something that really was helpful for me and just kind of that transition period, you know, helped define who I was and what I wanted and, and set things kind of more in motion and, and have paint more of like a clear future for me. And so I think that that would be my biggest answer. Um, And then just being able to pour everything that I had from that point on, like into track and give all my focus to that, um, as well as my school, Um, my grades shot up tremendously. So that was awesome. I had a lot more time to be able to do things that I love, you know, go to like football games that I really wasn't able to go to in the fall when I was traveling all the time for volleyball. 
um, yeah, just hang out with my friends, go to tailgates, like do things that do more things that the average like just student does. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, not to say that, you know, I was like being lazy or like just enjoying all my free time, but, but yeah, I found a lot of like things that I enjoyed doing. I got really got into snowboarding. So I started doing that. Um, and yeah, it just freed up some time to, to enjoy things that I really love. Let's talk about your finish at Oregon State since it wasn't the only school you competed for. Uh, tell me about how the decision came about to take a pretty long trip to go to a different part of the country than you had been. You come mm -hmm. from Oregon, you competed, you know, just a few miles away from Albany to Corvallis. It's not that long of a trip to take to go to college. No. So how did you end up more than a few miles away? Yeah, yes. As I mentioned, um, I committed as a sophomore in high school to play volleyball. So I was young. And at that time, it was really important to me to stay close to family, to stay close to home. I, my dad and I are very, very close. He was my coach um, in high school for track. And so he was, he never missed a single volleyball game, a single track meet. He was always there. And so I wanted him to be able to, you know, be there and come to my volleyball games and come to my track meets. Um, and so that was important to me to have that support system around me. Um, I just think at that time I wasn't really ready to leave. It was very close to my family. And so I stayed at Oregon State for a while. And then just kind of as time went on, I kind of realized that I wanted more. I wanted to compete at a little bit higher level as far as track and field goes. So being in the SEC is unlike, I mean, it's like a professional league, honestly, in track. And so um, that was something that, that was a goal of mine. Um, so after my final year at Oregon State in 2016, so after the trials that year, I actually started looking into some other schools and talking. I got my release, obviously, and then talked to some schools. I had a couple friends um, that were at Auburn University and then a couple friends that were at Kansas State. After visiting both places, my heart just really felt like it needed to be in Auburn. And so I chose Auburn. And yeah, it was a weird transition. It was very far away. It was um, very different culture. I had never really been to the South. I mean, I had been to Texas, but never Alabama, never Georgia, anywhere over there at all. Um, so that was a big adjustment. It was really, really tough, but I absolutely loved it there. Um, I got to compete one season there, and then I coached for two seasons after that. Absolutely loved it. Now that you've come back to the West Coast and you're now in, in Southern California, how did the Pac-12 mm -hmm. networks come about? How did, how did your foray back into communications and media production happen? And what's your role now with the Pac-12 network? It actually started back at Oregon State when I was studying new media communications, like you. Um, and so one of my friends, actually, Daryl Jackson, I don't know if you know him, but yeah, you know Daryl. He's so, come up in a conversation <laughs> with Stephen Christian, if you remember him, and he talked okay. about yeah. Daryl. Yeah, I know Stephen. Yeah, it was him a getting into Yeah, <laughs> Daryl, yeah. So anyways, he um, was working for Pac-12 Network just like freelance at the time, and I guess they needed some people to help with the football game one day. And so he knew I was in the major, so he asked me, and I was like, sure, okay, whatever. Like, I don't really know what this is, but I'll try it. I did that. I worked a football game. I was just like a runner and just did miscellaneous tasks. Um, but I had been working at like Beaver Sports Show and doing some production stuff for the school as well. And so I actually ended up like keep coming back and working for Pac-12 Network um, for two years. Actually, I did that. So from 2014 to 16, I worked for them and did, did shows, did games, um, just in live production. So it was super fun. I got good experience doing that. 
Um, and then when I transferred to Auburn, obviously I did my fifth year track, got through that. And then um, after I graduated, I was kind of like, okay, well now what? Like I need a job. And so um, I started working for the uh, SEC ESPN, that workout there that they did in-house. And so I kind of stayed involved in production. I knew that they, I had a good chance of getting hired since I had, um, since I was an athlete and I had production experience. So that was super fun. I did that for a little while, not too, too long. And then I kind of went into coaching again. I was out of production for quite a while, maybe a year or so. And then I moved out to LA last July, Los Angeles. And um, I was looking for positions and I saw this Pac-12 like radio position online. So I applied because I knew I had experience in that and maybe I had a chance. And so they ended up hiring me. And so now I work for um, the Pac-12 radio station for Sirius XM. So I'm strictly radio now. It's very different from TV, but it's good. It's it's maybe a little bit less stressful than being in a studio during a live production for TV. So it's I've had a lot of fun with that. I work for the Pac-12 This Morning show. And so my hosts are Guy Haberman and Ryan Leaf. Um, so those are the guys that I work with every morning. But right now it's been kind of crazy with the coronavirus. So um, we're actually not allowed to go into the office or do anything. So pretty much all we've been doing is just like recording. Um, podcasts and things like that and then going through and editing game replays um, and airing those and doing different specials and things like that so it's been fun to kind of do something a little bit different and bring like we're doing an olympic sport special right now so it's been cool to be able to like work on and focus on different things um so yeah yeah it's been good i enjoyed a lot do you get to get on the air at all and interview talking about your conversation with dustin stanton who is an oregon state student athlete yeah. uh, what sort of interactions have you had or on-air experience at all with your Pac-12 network uh, job most of what I do I'm an associate producer so I'm behind the scenes I do everything from booking guests I run the audio boards my hosts are more like football guys so I help with stuff when we're gonna have on like a volleyball player or someone who's not football or basketball I help them with you know questions and, and we work together on things like that but for the most part they do the interviewing um, I just do the stuff behind the scenes and hop on every once in a while. I'm guessing Ryan Leaf might need a little extra help in what an outside hitter does on a volleyball court, but that's good. That's your expertise. So that would be helpful. Let's talk just kind of more broadly about what you've learned since your time at Oregon State. It was about eight years ago since you left Sandy Ham Christian High School. Yeah. You became from, from an eagle to a beaver and then before your time over at Auburn, both in your stories with, you know, talking with Oregon State athletes, if you've, you mentioned like the, the um, stories from the pack, like former athletes that were Pac-12 competitors and learning from their examples of what they've done in life, just, and also your own of, of what you've done and how you've changed as a person compared to that freshman who was on the volleyball team that expected to be an Oregon State volleyball player for four years. I mean, life doesn't always go the way you yeah. expect it. So what have you learned? And yeah. how, how is Sarah Allman a different person now than when you were a freshman at Oregon State? Yeah, I mean, I think the difference is honestly night and day. Like looking back on so many, you know, decisions that I made and, and just everything in, in general. Um, is just, I mean, I am very, very different. Um, situations that I handled then would be very different than now. Um, you know, but I think going through all of those experiences in college and all those trials and hard times and, and the great times as well um, really 
developed me into the person that I am today. And so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've grown, I've grown tremendously. I've moved across the country and back and I've been in different places for the last, you know, four or five years. So I've learned a lot in that way. I, you know, moving to the South, I learned a lot about different culture and, and different types of people. And cause you know, every pocket is different. Everyone's different wherever you go. And so that was really cool to be able to get out of kind of my comfort zone of Corvallis, Oregon. And then just like maturity wise, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say I was like the easiest person to coach um, when I was a freshman in that in college, right? So I think that I've learned a lot about, you know, how to be coachable, just how to like present myself and how to be more professional and everything really along like that range. So it's been, it's been a big transformation. It's been really fun. It's been interesting and I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I, yeah, so it's been good. Similar to how people who become parents learn a lot about how difficult small children can be and they realize, or even let's say teenagers, and they may look back and say, man, I was really tough on my parents when I was a teenager. And now that I'm a parent, I see what it's like for my own teenager to give me a tough time. Now for you, if you say, I was difficult to coach, you then became a coach. You coached at Auburn for two years. So what was that like to be a coach? And then maybe some of your athletes were difficult to coach. I don't know. And then you're on the other side of the picture. Did that teach you a little bit? Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was very eye-opening. I think, you know, I, I gained a big respect for coaches and for what they do and the amount of like prep that they put in. And as far as like your training goes and just working with all different types of athletes because everyone is so different. Um, and reacts so differently to all types of coaching. So I think that I've learned a lot about that. Um, but I also think that that's what makes me a good coach is because I can relate to them. That ha- That is a, you know, part of my like recent history. And so I do understand, like I do know what they're going through. And so that's been a big thing for me. I've had very close relationships with all of my athletes and they've been very successful. And so we've done a great job doing that. And I've really, really enjoyed it. But yeah, I think it definitely puts things into perspective and makes you realize you're not an adult when you come into college. You're not. You don't. You have a lot to learn. But, you know, it's worth it. And and I love working with those kids and um, college age kids. They're just the best and they can be tough. They can be really tough, but um, but it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding to do. Sometimes the best coaches aren't the gifted natural athletes because they didn't have to be coached up as much they just were the best from the beginning it sometimes maybe is the people who were the most difficult to coach because they know what it takes to be molded into someone better than they otherwise would be yeah do you think you ever might go back to coaching or are you really set with communication media tackle network that sort of thing yeah so um i actually do still do a little bit of coaching i uh, I'm a part-time coach at Azusa Pacific University, although that is shut down now from this coronavirus, but I actually started my own track club as well, which is also shut down due to the coronavirus, but we've been doing that throughout the school year. It's been really fun. We started some summer camps last summer um, and then did like clinics and things throughout the year. We did private lessons, all kinds of things with, you know, high school age and younger. So it was a wide variety of kids. It was super fun. And so that's something that I'm still involved in. I still love doing. As far as like doing it full time, that's a that's a different question. You know, I, I love doing the the club stuff and I'll probably still keep doing that for a while. But as far as coaching at a at the college level, we're gonna kinda see how that plays out um going into next year because at the end of the day we still don't even know what's happening with college sports. So we'll see. That's something I would 
definitely consider, although right now I'm pretty tied up with some other things. So don't really have a whole lot of time for it, but I do love it. Mm-hmm. A couple last things about Oregon State. When you were on the track and field team and specifically a high jumper, how, how quickly did you learn about the legacy and impact of Dick Fosbury as the guy who, I mean, yeah. high jumper, that's as specific as it gets and Oregon State in particular. Yeah, Oregon State has a very rich history in the high jump. Um, and I knew that actually in high school. We had this thing called Oregon Sports Awards. I don't know if you know about that, but it's just a huge award ceremony and it's for all the high school athletes in Oregon, 6A through 1A. Um, and I was nominated a few years for that. And so I actually went up there and I met Dick Fosbury and I met also Johnny Huntley. And so that was amazing um, to meet both of them. They knew that I was going to be an Oregon State Beaver. And so I got to have conversations with them and just talk about, you know, kind of the legacy and, and everything that, you know, Oregon State's done in, in their history. And so that was really amazing to be a part of um, and just kind of like help bring that back a little bit because it had been so long since that program like shut down and then just the rebuilding and we were going through a lot of different changes. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, my coach actually my freshman year was John Radetich and he was one of the greats um, also at Oregon State and he held a world record indoors for a while too and he was awesome. I loved um, being coached by him. And he, he will be the first one to tell you that I was not an easy person to coach, but we had a great relationship and I really appreciate everything that he did for me. And um, yeah, I still talk to him and miss him. But yeah, it was, it was cool to be able to be coached by one of the greats, you know, from Oregon State because he had that history and he had that legacy and, and brought, I felt like all of that to the table. So it was really cool to be a part of. Mm-hmm. All right, last thing, we were talking about it before of how I'll usually give a little shout out to a local business or Corvallis place. I could use some free advertising when you were in Corvallis and you needed a, an easy meal. It's, you know, eight o'clock and you haven't gotten anything in the fridge. Where is your spot in Corvallis to get some good food? Oh, easy. Local boys, local boys. I miss that place. I haven't been there in years. What was your, what was your go-to order there? Um, I can't remember the number, but just the, like the regular like Hawaiian chicken and rice with the sauce. Mm, it's all about the sauce. Yep. Can't leave it too dry. Every, everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> everyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for your time. Good luck with the Pac-12 Network, with your own track club that you've started at Zusa Pacific. Everything's crazy, but uh, it seems like you're making the most of it and glad you're doing well. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. Well, I think this interview with Sarah Ullman was a really poignant reminder that every time an Oregon State athlete or any college student, for that matter, arrives on campus for the first time when they're 18 years old as a freshman, they are an unfinished product. And Sarah Ullman will be the first to admit she is a vastly different person now, about eight years later, when she first came to Oregon State, than she is now. And going through that process of things changing. She thought she'd be a volleyball player for four years. She had that cut short and was difficult to coach at one point, then became a coach herself and learned what it means to have a broader worldview, be a little more cerebral, travel around the country a little bit. And it was really fun to hear about her maturation process. So my thanks to Sarah for coming on the podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Beaver Tales podcast. If you haven't shared the podcast with anybody yet, Maybe think about texting a friend. If you know another Oregon State fan who 
is familiar with these athletes or is interested in, hey, what happens to these competitors for OSU five years, 10 years, 30 years down the road? Hopefully this podcast helps you kind of have an inside look at these athletes' lives. So if you can share that with someone, text a friend, that would be much appreciated as we try to give some businesses some free exposure like Local Boys, which is still open for uh, curbside pickup as well. All right, thanks for tuning in to the Beaver Tales podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Warden. Thanks for listening.